Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Now we continue our current Open House series on the chaplains. They're in all sorts of places, like in the midst of Australia's enormous mining boom. We've heard lots about the fly-in, fly-out workers gouging a vast bounty out of Australia's mines. They often live thousands of kilometres away from their workplace and earn a mozza as the boom rolls on. 11 new mini-cities are being built or planned to service the needs of this huge and exploding sector. So the money's great, but it's also often a lonely, isolated existence. There's not much of a sense of community that in the past sustained lots of the old mining towns. Cue the chaplain. Mining companies and big bosses like Andrew Twiggy Forrest are realising this very need. Dr Lindsay McMillan, OAM, is helping them out. He's the CEO of Converge International, a leading provider of industry chaplains in Australia. And Dr McMillan joins us on Open House. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you, Lee. It's great to see you. Thank you very much for coming in. This mining boom is changing and transforming so much of this industry and what it means to work and sustain mining. Give us a sense of what you've seen of the breadth of those changes? I think the most significant uh, value I can offer to paint a picture about what's happening is the speed and pace in which mining is occurring in this country. Um, It is just phenomenal, the growth that's taking place. Towns are literally being born out of nothing in far north Queensland and in far Western Australia. And what it occurs is, it's something like this. There's a, a an outsourced company that literally is commissioned to establish a mining town. What that means is that they literally come in, establish the roads and maybe a, an airport, uh, continue the railway uh, service. And that's all done with something like six to eight weeks. And then they move on and create another mining town. And in the meantime, advertisements for roles are continuing right across the country. And interestingly enough, a lot of people fly from the East Coast to Western Australia and a lot from the East Coast into far north Queensland. So you have this phenomenal growth of airline commuting services. You have a phenomenal growth of companies that literally come and create towns and then move out. You then have the magnitude of the mining companies with their their incredible machinery who literally come in and start to develop and mine the uh, mine the ground in a way that is awe awe inspiring yeah. uh, the color the movement the speed are very much parts of the life of a mining company. Give us a sense of the conditions under which those people either in the setup or as they work in the mine work under these fly-in fly-out workers what's life like for them well if we look at specifically the fly-in fly-out mining uh, employee they their life operates on what's called swings or uh, work rosters and they will literally do six eight ten maybe 12 week swings depends on their role and their function within the mine mining uh, company the, the company actually pays for them to fly from the east coast to the west coast if you go into the airport at perth it is spot the suit uh, whereas everything else that everybody else there has a fluoro either yellow or a green or an orange and uh, it is literally a turnaround so that the miners come uh, monday mornings there are jumbo jets flying out of sydney 
there are endless large jets flying out of Melbourne, and the the the, the movement. You actually start to feel the energy that starts to move. So the individual then flies into the uh, Perth, picks up commuter flight, and then flies into the mining town. They're met by buses that are then take them to their uh, digs or their mess halls or their accommodation. They establish themselves, put their gear away, and immediately start work, either that day or the next day. And then, and on those commuter flights, people then come back out. So you have this endless bus rides of people coming and going. And again, you start to feel the energy and the speed in which mining companies occur, is occurring. What's their accommodation, their life like in the town? Well, let's talk about the lifestyle. Mm. Um, it's, they are long hours. It's dusty, it's uh, busy, it's hot, and it's uh, energy sapping. So they have mess halls, they have game halls, they have accommodation. Uh, Depending on the site manager, uh, the opportunity for uh, them to um, have access to alcohol or uh, depends largely on the site manager. Uh, But it is uh, most uh, mining sites, they're drug and alcohol free. So there's a high discipline, self-discipline that's called upon by each mining person, employee each morning to be able to run through the test and be zero tolerant. As a whole, most mining companies are are not tolerant to people who have a drug and alcohol uh, reading and uh, it's very quick response to get your things and leave town. So it's a a highly male-dominated environment. Um, some weeks ago, there was uh, a quite a poignant effort that Four Corners delivered on looking particularly at a mining town in far north Queensland. And I well recall a uh, miner who basically said that they don't realise, they as in the uh, Australian community, don't realise that the life of a mining employee is lonely that they have uh, lots of hours to think about themselves and their family uh, and their partners. They have a lot of time to themselves if they're lone truck drivers or uh, working as individuals. Uh, It is a lifestyle that you just cannot continue simply because of the nature of life. The money sounds good, but what cost? And I guess the leading question there is, what is the cost? Well, the cost is uh, fractured relationships between family and uh, the mining individual. Um, And that's very challenging. It's not only for miners, but it's for people who do offshore um, work with some of the petrochemical companies as well. Six or eight weeks, you've got a family. The dynamics that occur there can be quite... uh, Significant, Yeah, very challenging for the families left behind. What it means for the family is dad's gone, on the whole dad, dad's gone. Uh, and so mum and the kids have to establish their lifestyle in their own right. That's challenging. Mum becomes dad. Then dad enters into the uh, family when he comes back for two weeks. And again, the dimensions and uh, who do I respond to and certain decisions and who takes the kids to basketball or to music or whatever. That whole dynamic around the family dynamics is a challenging one. And it's interesting that the companies are now waking up to these needs and these difficulties that have probably to an extent existed in the past. Well, I think, again, it comes to the speed in which we're operating within this country. There's no doubt we have uh, two or three speed economies, and there's no doubt the resource 
mining boom is a fast-paced uh, dimension in terms of the economy. Yeah. So the lag is the lag of looking at the sociological impacts of what's this doing to individuals. And so mining companies are now very, very conscious of that. Mining companies have put in uh, quite extensive internet and Skyping facilities uh, to try and maintain the relationships between family uh, at home and miner on site. Um, but the distance does in fact create problems. The loneliness does in fact create problems. Um, there's, a, there's a whole raft of issues and again, you then have to ask the question, as many of them have asked, at, at what cost do I earn the money in order to uh, deal with my family relationships? So it must be costing the company to an extent for them to wake up to this. Well, I think there's always a cost when um, at its most extreme, there is a high degree of suicide in mining and construction in, in this country. OzHelp, which is a... Uh, organization that supports people in the mining and certainly in the construction environment, there's about a 70% increase over above the normal uh, population in suicide. So the extremes are there. So the mining companies are very responsive to that. They're very thoughtful about that. And they're very concerned about that because obviously as employers of choice and employer, employee companies, they need to care for as a duty of care, and yes. they do, uh, for their employees. Any reason why that sharp and significant increase? Well, I think possibly I've, I've described an environment that is, is it's a hotbed. It's a pressure cooker. It's a, it's a hotbed of, of tension, of speed, of get things done, fill your shift, move on to the next uh, shift. Fatigue is a huge issue because you're just going endlessly. They're, they're 24-hour shifts on most mining sites. So there's this endless, perpetuating environment where people are just moving constantly. On Open House, we're with uh, Dr Lindsay McMillan in our series on the chaplains. He's uh, the head of Converge International, a leading provider of industry chaplains in Australia. Lindsay, why, personally, for you, are you so passionate about this work of chaplains? Well, it's the, the heartbeat. This is really the heartbeat of care. This is where if we do what we're called to do this is where we can actually start to bring a synergy between the compassion and care for families in in stress and that's why we're giving a lot of attention to looking at chaplaincy in mining yeah. um, some of the ideas that uh, we're doing uh, not only to assess and and uh, provide care for the mining employee through our pastoral care on site but also to look at the ways in which we can care for the families at home. Uh, one of the major concerns that employees on mining sites say is they, they're, they're more concerned about their family than any other element. So if we can provide the bridge, and essentially around the industrial chaplaincy model, what it is, it is the bridge between family and employment and employment and family. Um, there was one chaplain uh, that told me once that he was, in fact, the uh, the dynamic that actually kept the family and the employment uh, together. Yeah. Uh, he was very proud about the fact that he had done twenty two marriages, conducted twenty two marriages, that he had uh, conducted funerals, many christenings. 
he was the first on site to take uh, the uh, family to the hospital when there was uh, some uh, some accident that occurred on the site and so there there's a way in which only the pastoral care that a chaplain can bring to that environment is uh, is very significant. So what are some of the day-to-day things that they will do to draw alongside these workers and also help their families in practice? Well, I think we're in the learning stage at this stage. Yeah. Um, we have chaplains in the mining sites around the country. What we don't do as well at this stage is to reach out to the families at home. Yes, That's the dimension that we're going to work at is a way in which we can actually bring the family and the employee together and to see that the mining company has a responsibility to actually ensure that happens. It's a little bit like the adage that if you have a happy family, you have a happy life. Totally. And the more we can engender that through our pastoral care and the communications that we can bring between the two aspects of the family, the more that we believe that that person will be actually a better employee. Yes. And at the mine and in that pressure cooker life in which these miners find themselves, what are the things that a chaplain can do to help them? Well, I was talking with one chaplain just recently, and I asked him what his day was like. And he said, it's interesting. At present, my greatest uh, request that's been put upon me is to help some miners with their fatigue factor. That is, they just struggle to get out of bed. Now, that could be because they are physically uh, exhausted, but there could be a whole bunch of other emotional overlays that could occur there. But he says, says that's a great opportunity for him to just talk to these guys as he encourages them to get out of bed, fulfill their swing or their roster. Uh, and it, he said it's a wonderful opportunity to entertain a number of very deep conversations. And blokes are opening up. That's oh, in, quite a surprising thing. Well, it is. And uh, the, the critical element about a mining chaplain is to identify men yeah. who are men's men. Yep. Uh, there is no doubt that that's really what works. Uh, and uh, where you have a man's man talking with a, a man, that makes a difference. I have to say initially, before the relationships emerge, there is a, there is a lot of scepticism that is conveyed to chaplains that begin a mining site. I'm sure. And especially that they're under such time pressure, these workers. You know, I don't want to talk. Well, it's like that, but they do have mess time. They have times in the mess. They have times at the beginning of their their shift. Uh, but but again, out of the as an outcome of the relationship, the opportunities emerge, uh, and that's why the the value of having a, a chaplain actually live on the mining site makes heaps of difference to the actual day-to-day management of lifestyle and, and relationships. So it's a very special kind of chaplain yeah, that you need for this job. Indeed. It's somebody, as I said, who can certainly cope with the lifestyle, who loves being around men who are have this kind of lifestyle and desire yep. uh, and who are very keen to actually ensure that they can... Uh, um, be successful in what they do as well as maintain the relationships that uh, speak into their lives in a way that makes sense. Is there much of a juggle involved for these chaplains offering this pastoral help and counselling without the workers feeling that they are coming with a religious agenda? Well, initially the religious agenda is um, becomes pronounced because you're you're introduced as the chaplain 
and so the public the public profile of a priest or at present is not good no. so that is entertained in the first encounter um, and it's done in quite a, a, a crass way but as you work beyond that to the relationship it then is the outcome of the relationship that the conversations emerge and it's very easy for people to talk about family it's very easy to talk about relationships because that's what people think about a lot we know that the research is clear uh, we know that these guys spend a lot of time thinking about the things that are important in life and what's interesting is that the the money while it's interesting and the jobs for many is is valued the fact is that there is a lot of downtime thoughtful time so a chappy as they're known as a chappy to be available simply to talk about issues of importance so there's a proactive and a reactive response there some people after the relationships forged find it quite easy to talk to the chaplain in other occasions it may be that there's somebody who's quiet who may look that they are in fact depressed or feeling sad or concerned the uh, the opportunity for the chaplain to actually um, talk with a, a person becomes easier what would you say to those people listening now who are in ministry in parish ministry in an average suburban church or those who support ministry who might never have thought that this is a legitimate work that that's the kind of ministry that's the most important in the parish in the in the church building what would you say to them about the importance of people being out and about as chaplains that raises a really important question lee and it's the question around where is our calling uh, our calling is to um, be the deliverers of care and compassion and the greatest love and that means you and I. That means the chaplain on the mining site. That means the person who walks down Pitt Street or Adelaide Terrace or George Street or Collins Street. They are as important in terms of their commissioning and their calling to be God's instrument in their world of work. And not everybody gets that. No, I think we're. I think Billy Graham recently was asked if he was to start his crusades again where would he do it he said I'd start at work and the reason for that is when it was challenged it was on the basis that people spend now more time at work than at any other time of their in in the past we are we are saturated by technology we have technology just drives this endless pursuit of we are always on call uh, we have no beginning or end to our workday now other than people who have a clearly defined roster like we've talked about. So the whole nature of work is, is, is the new mission field. And to come back to your introduction to that question is the sooner we actually see that the new mission field is the world of work, the opportunities are immense. And I say hear, hear to that. And I have for many, many years... And it's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about this series of on the chaplains that we're doing. Many, many years held this in very high regard. I think it's absolutely wonderful work, and I've really enjoyed getting to know both you and your work, but also um, what an amazing world the mining industry is presenting to us. Dr. Lindsay McMillan, thank you so much indeed for joining us on Open House. Thank you, Lee.
We hope you enjoy this open house podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.